You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. NFL free agency is very much upon us as the Chicago Bears just finalized a trade that'll send their 2020 fourth round compensatory pick to the Jacksonville Jaguars in exchange for quarterback Nick Foles. I bring on Bleeding Green Nation's Michael Kiss to talk through his reaction to the move on this episode of Bear With Me. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Bear With Me, a Chicago Bears podcast hosted by yours truly, Robert Schmitz, right here on the Windy City Gridiron podcasting channel. And I got to tell you, I am really excited to introduce my new guest, where I brought on none other than Bleeding Green Nation's Michael Kist to talk through a trade that I got to tell you, I personally didn't see coming. And it's not that Nick Foles is a bad player by any stretch of the imagination, but with all the Andy Dalton rumors and Teddy Bridgewater and goodness gracious, every single quarterback that could be rumored was somehow linked to the Bears, Nick Foles just kind of slipped to the back of my mind. And with him now in navy and orange, I couldn't think of anybody better to break him down than an NFL analyst with major Eagles roots and a lot of NFL knowledge. Michael, how are you doing today? I am. I'm doing well. Just trying to keep up with uh, all the news today. As we were discussing before the show, everything's a little bit crazy. It's quiet with the Eagles right now, which is uh, annoying to a lot of the fan base. But it's been pretty good to be able to keep up. And then uh, seeing the Foles trade today, being able to riff on that a little bit on Twitter. I don't know if Bears fans are going to necessarily enjoy my tweets about that. But, um, you know, (laughs) we'll we'll get into it. And see, that's the thing. I find that important because if you're just listening to a Bears audience, you would have heard a whole lot of stuff. I know I was one of the people that was really pit- high. I mean, I thought Trubisky was actually going to turn into something after 2018 because when you're wearing those team-colored goggles, a decent season looks like something that you could grow on. But on its own, and especially with 2019 in context, it well, maybe it wasn't. And, yeah. of course, getting that outside opinion is so helpful when it comes to evaluating another player because you know that you're not just listening to the guys who, well, they want your team to be good, you know? Yeah. And I like, for instance, you know, I cover the Eagles and everything like that. And I know that there's going to be some inherent bias when I look at Eagles players, especially at the quarterback position, because, you know, you're, the success of the franchise is tied to the quarterback. And you don't want to think that your team is going to stink or that your young quarterback isn't good. And you give all, you're, you give all yourself all of these different, you know, reasons and you might call them excuses or whatever. And some some of them are good. Like when I talked about Trubisky in the offseason and, and I watched him and everything like that. You have to take into the context, into context the fact that it was going to be his second year in Nagy's system, and historically that had been good for quarterbacks. But you also can't guarantee development. You have to, you know, your evaluation has to has to tell the story about what this player is, what he can be. And with Trubisky, I just didn't see the pieces that that needed to be there for him to be a high end quarterback that wouldn't hold the team back. And I thought we saw that self play it out. Over the course of last year, you know, the defense suffers a bit of a regression. There was a point where uh, the, the pass rush just completely disappeared and the offense wasn't able to lift, lift that team up. So, 
yeah, I mean, it is important to get that outside opinion and look at it and, and understand your own biases when you're talking about it, Not never guaranteeing development because it never works out like that. These players can have up and down careers, as you've seen with Nick Foles. Uh, so it, it's interesting to see how this is all going to play out in the future for them. I couldn't agree more. That's something that I know I fell victim to for years and years of being an NFL fan, where you look at your team, obviously in my case it's the Bears, but I live in Dallas, Texas, so I heard this a lot with the Dallas Cowboys, where people would say, yeah. oh, well, he's going to be better next year. Don't yeah. worry. And it's like, well, why is he going to be better? Because he's a rookie this year. What's he going to be better at? I don't yeah. know. Just better. And yeah, yeah that, that happens all the time. I know Bears fans are going through that with David Montgomery right now, and mm. that's something that we could talk about at a different time and place, because right now, and you alluded to this, I think you nailed it, the big issue last year with the 2019 Chicago Bears was that not only did the defense take a step back, but the offense certainly wasn't leading them. You would have hoped that after a historic year in 2018, that a Bears offense, led by an offensive head coach in Matt Nagy, was going to be able to take the reins of the team and really drive their direction going forward. And in a sense, I guess they did. It was just down. So sure. Nick Foles obviously comes to the team, and uh, you can talk about Jimmy Graham if you want to. Nobody really does. So <laughs> <laughs> know that that is certainly the prevailing opinion on Jimmy Graham here. Yeah. But along comes this guy, Nick Foles, and I'll give you my take on him, and then I want to just give the floor to you and see what sure. you got. Based on what I know of Nick Foles, he couldn't be more of a system fit, not just with Nagy, but in the NFL in general. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that want to talk about quarterbacks like some are good and some are bad. But what I feel like a lot of people miss is that every quarterback fits some system or other. Well, most do anyways. If they're in the NFL, it's because they work in some kind of system. It's like how chances are I don't think Kirk Cousins would be enjoying the success that he is in Minnesota in Chicago. West Coast doesn't quite fit him near as well as the play-action style stuff that he's doing in Minneapolis or whatever city they play in because, to be honest, it slips my mind. But the point is, with Nick Foles being a guy who's not amazingly mobile, but he's got a quick release, he identifies defense as well, he throws with solid touch, it doesn't really matter that his arm accuracy isn't incredible or that he can't run a zone read because the West Coast style that is just kick the ball out to a spot and let the guy do the work really fits what would be considered his bread and butter. What do you think? How is the player? He obviously won a Super Bowl in Philly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Foles is kind of up and down, but to kind of touch on your points and work, and work through them as far as like the system and what he fits in Chicago. I mean, Matt Nagy knows better than you know uh, just about you know all the coaches that have worked with him. They understand what Foles is and what works for him. Uh, in in Philly, it was a lot of zero to one step drops. The the year he had success with the Eagles in 2017, he had the league's leading zero to one step drops percentage. So they were getting the ball out quick and like you said so system quarterback the bears are going to do a ton of that they're going to use rpo still even though the zone read isn't there there's going to be a lot of quick hitting concepts that he needs to identify pre-snap and then you know confirm post-snap and get rid of the ball with that release and so on and so forth so all, all of those things are going to translate very well you know you look at the kansas city offense and you can see you know shades of the chicago offense and the philly offense and all these things Foles would fit any of those three teams and that's why he's been to those three different teams um, that's also why you probably 
probably saw, and this is one name that you didn't bring up, one name that I thought was really going to be a fit for them was Marcus Mariota because he came from a college system that was very much the same thing. So, boom, you check the system box. That's what you're looking for. That's on the plus side for Nick Foles. Um, as, as far as the other stuff, uh, pre-snap identification, uh, uh, one thing I think that Foles is really good at is if, if he knows he's going to get singled up man coverage on the outside, maybe some tight coverage, some press coverage, if he's getting like man cover one, like that type of deal, he has a lot of trust in his wide receivers to just throw it up there and let them make the play. That, that's kind of his his game. So quick release, and this is kind of a misnomer to say quick game and all that stuff because it, it can mean different things. Quick release, quick game can be West Coast, or it can be taking shots downfield because you can take a three-step drop throw a seed in with that touch that you mentioned from, you know, 30 yards out. And that ball is coming out before, you know, two seconds into your drop. So yeah, get the ball out of his hands quickly because he can identify pre-snap like that. But that doesn't just mean quick game. It means he can also push the ball downfield. He has the trust in his wide receivers to go make a play. He's got the nice touch on the ball. He's not the most accurate guy, like you said, but he'll put it in a position where they can go up and make a play. I don't know if Trubisky had that faith in his wide receivers there in Chicago. So they're going to be able to do some of that stuff to try to stress defenses down the field. Uh, touching on his accuracy, I think he's a fairly adequate uh, a guy when it comes to ball placement and everything like that. He's never going to be like the pinpoint guy, but that's fine. I think where he really struggles, and this is something that we we saw in, in Philadelphia in his early years there, dealing with pressure, he has a tendency to bail to his right, to be very, very uh, like, so Jim Schwartz, this is, this is going to go on a little tangent here, but when Jim Schwartz builds a game plan, like a pass rush game plan when he's going up against a quarterback, he'll have it charted out the different landmarks that a quarterback is going to take. So for instance, you know, a Peyton Manning would be, he would make a bunch of dots where he threw the ball from. Peyton Manning would be like all centered in one place. Michael Vick, on the other hand, would be all over the map. Patrick Mahomes would be all over the map. Nick Foles is going to be right where, you know, he took the snap, maybe a couple snaps back. Or if you're able to pressure him, you know which way he's going to go. He's going to try to go to his ball hand, his right hand. He's going to try to escape to his right. So defenses have gotten like attuned to that. They're, they're, they know where he wants to escape. That's where they're going to bring the pressure because he's not good at all escaping to his left and throwing on the run. So there's stuff in the book on him that defenses have been able to take advantage of, and that's why you see some of the scattershot play. Uh, overall, Nick Foles, I think, can be a good player. He had one of the weirdest stretches of play for the Eagles in 2017. Like He was not good for a couple games when he— stepped in to the point where going into the playoffs there was a debate whether whether or not the Eagles should start Sudfeld because they just hadn't seen anything his game against the Raiders was atrocious I mean it was bad and it was a real conversation at the time and then the Atlanta game first half he was not he was not good at all and people forget like they were an interception away that bounced off a knee and then landed in Torrey Smith's hands away from that game starting to get a little bit ugly for him as well the Minnesota game he dropped some bombs in there but the defense really did a fantastic job the Super Bowl I don't know how to explain I've never seen Nick Foles play like that before I don't think we ever will again if you think that's what you're getting in Nick Foles is that Super Bowl MVP performance I'm going to tell you the guy <laughs> it's just it's, it's just not who he is it was just it was a crazy special thing so he he's a guy overall if you can scheme the system around him, and I, and I trust Matt Nagy knows his strengths and weaknesses and everything like that, and the and the, with the wide receivers there are going to have a better time with Nick Foles than they would with Mitch Trubisky. The consistency for Foles 
is the issue. Once he gets out of that comfort zone, out of that rhythm, and defenses start to make life tough on him, I think that's where he falters a bit. I mean, we saw it in the Tampa Bay game last year when he got benched. He had three straight turnovers. Tampa Bay defense is pretty underrated last year, and they made life really tough on him. So he can struggle. He is streaky. And I would say the last thing that I would be concerned about with Nick Foles is People talked about Carson Wentz not being healthy, and I get like the injury concerns with him because you know it's it's been up and down for him. Nick Foles really hasn't played a full season and and been healthy, so that's something I want to see him do. I mean, it went to the Jaguars; he almost got hurt like immediately as he threw a touchdown pass to DJ Chark. But I want to see him do go through a full season healthy. Now, on the plus side, Mitch Trubisky. If you were asking me what he is right now, I would say his ceiling is a spot starter. So if he had, does go down for like four or five games, he might be able to get you through in a pen, in a pinch without being terrible because Trubisky is kind of streaky too and can get you through some games and get you some wins. So maybe having two quarterbacks in that respect that you're not necessarily sold on, maybe one can get hot. Then the other one can come and get hot. I don't know the timing of it, <laughs> but like <laughs> it's it's an interesting situation. I, I can't wait to see how it pans out. And I, I really want to see Foles succeed because this is like a, a really stand-up dude, great person. His press conferences are are not just like football. They're like about life. And you'll, you'll understand when you start to listen to him talk uh, the quality of the character of this man. So at the very least, you know, it's not going to be a, a, a fractured relationship with him and Trubisky. They're not going to be button heads all the time. It should be a good relation, relationship. Hopefully Trubisky can learn from him and, and improve in, in some of those areas. And you're going to have a good teammate in the building to help with that locker room chemistry. That would certainly be my hope. And man, Michael, you hit on everything. You talked... <laughs> Because I'd, I'd sat there, ammo in the chamber, ready to talk about how Bears fans, you you can't do what feels natural and just go back and watch his game in the Super Bowl because Nick Foles straight up outdueled a good Tom Brady, and I yep. don't think that's going to happen again. I mean, yep. that's the only way to explain it. The guy was on fire. I mean, yep. the statistics, like all that stuff, that's one of those games that – Hey, if the Bears get that guy for a whole season, then the fifteen million that it's looking like they're going to be paying him is going to look freaking cheap. I mean, yeah. he's. I mean, oh, I mean, what do you expect? Yeah, you could, because you you look at the two different performances. Let's look at Patrick Mahomes' performance from the Super Bowl, and then look at Nick Foles. Who had the better performance? It was Nick Foles. Do you expect mm-hmm. Nick Foles to outplay Patrick Mahomes all the time? Half the time? No, no, no you you don't. So you got to be realistic about what you're getting while understanding like. This dude, this dude is clutch, and and if you get into a playoff situation, he has that mentality, he has that competitive toughness to be able to deal with these types of situations. He's been there, done that kind of thing. You just hope you get him on the right day, you know. Absolutely. And another thing that I've seen with Nick Foles that I've found really impressive, anyways, and who knows, maybe I've just been watching too much Mitchell Trubisky. And yes, Bears fans, I'm well aware of what I'm about to say, but I've gotten way too accustomed to seeing a quarterback that kind of functions under the Jared Goff principle of if coach didn't tell me to do it, I'm not going to do it in terms of attacking a defense. And one thing I remember being really impressive, Foles has played two games that ought to stick out in Bears fans' minds. Not only the Super Bowl, that's number one but also that game against the 2018 Bears, a historic defense that was missing one really big weak link, and that was Eddie Jackson. And in that game, I remember exactly what you're talking about. You talked about how Foles struggles under pressure. I remember in the podcast leading up to that game, I said, if the Bears can get it home, this could be one of the worst games of Foles' career, and that includes St. Louis. But they just didn't, primarily because Foles, like you're talking about, took three steps and lobbed the ball way up in the air. Like a bunch of throws that against a normal deep safety would look like lollipops started landing in guys' hands because, well, Eddie Jackson was on the bench. 
and with Adrian Amos in the backfield, it just wasn't that big a deal. He really clearly understood how to go about attacking the Bears, and even the interception in the end zone didn't seem to deter him from continuing to do it, and it ended up with a whole lot of first downs. Is that sort of... Uh, that sort of style, basically a quarterback that shows understanding of how to go about trying to exploit a defense's weakness, something that you think is consistently there with Foles? Yeah, I, depending on the execution, which can be you know up and down for him, I think one thing that he definitely has is that understanding pre-snap of how to attack that defense coming in, being prepped up, everything like that. The guy's a consummate professional when it comes to that, and you'll see. And the big difference between him and Trubisky is, you know, Foles should get freedom at the line. Philly gave him freedom at the line. For instance, I remember that 83-yard touchdown he had against the Houston Texans when their backs were up against the wall back in 2018. That was an adjustment by Foles, and apparently Foles had seen something in their coverage earlier in the game. He saw like the same defensive coverage deployment and whatnot. He saw it. He checked to he checked to something to get Nelson Aguilar streaking against the Honey Badger, and they were able to connect on a big touchdown. I went back and I looked for that defense. They showed it once on just like a, a, a throwaway Whoa. play. So that like really stuck in his head, and when he saw it, he was able to you know process it, look at it on the sideline. Then, you know, talk with the coaches. Hey, if we see this again, I want to attack it like this. They were like, yep, make the check if you want to. He went out there, saw it, made the check, and then, you know, delivered on the bomb. So for, for a guy like Foles, that mental game compared to Drabisky, who I think, you know, there, there are bakers and there are chefs when it comes to, like, what you can do inside of an offense. Some guys are just there doing the basic stuff, doing what the coach told me to do. Some guys can get a little bit of creative. Uh, I think Foles is a guy that can be at the line, have those responsibilities, change the plays, and the coach is going to let let them do it. So that that's an upgrade in that area in my mind. That makes total sense to me. With that in mind, I've got a question for you. So at least based on what I'm seeing, and we'll get into the compensation later about whether you think it's too much, too little, I'll, I will be asking you about that. But one thing that I've, has, I can't help but turn away from is the idea that at the minimum, what Bears fans might be very well able to get in fulls is a benchmark quarterback of what the Matt Nagy offense looks like. Because all we've seen it with is Trubisky, which to your point, whether he is or isn't limited, we wouldn't really know because all we've seen him in was a John Fox offense that nobody liked yeah. and a Matt Nagy offense that maybe it is more read-like. We wouldn't really know because the game plan keeps changing. And look, I'm of the opinion that part of the reason the game plan keeps changing is because Trubisky will show aptitude in doing something like his own read, and then he'll go out and he'll feature a game plan that's primarily his own reads, and Trubisky messes a lot of them up, and so they scrap it and they go back to the drawing board. A lot of going back to the drawing board. But with Foles, part of me thinks we might actually get some offensive stability. Do you think that that's fair to say? Yeah, I would say that the Bears' offense with Foles, whether it's success or not, is going to look more like the 2018 offense, which I really liked. I mean, they were still taking downfield shots. They were still dialing up vertical concepts in that offense. I, I think that Nagy can, can be at fault, too, for dumbing the offense down too much and handcuffing him that way, not unlike John Fox did in, you know, in Trubisky's rookie year where he just wouldn't let him pass the ball. Um, but <laughs> I, I think that Foles will be able to handle mentally the stuff that, that Nagy will say, okay, we can open this up more. So I would say it would look 
more like the 2018 offense. Foles is going to bring some stuff with him too, not only from the Chiefs offense, but from the Eagles offense and have some input and give you some new stuff that way too because I feel like the, the Bears offense was just so vanilla, so predictable, so pulled in from what it was even in 2018 with Trubisky um, that it just it, it wasn't going to work either way at, at a certain point. Once you dial it back in offense so much, there's only so much that can happen. <laughs> so uh, with Foles, like I said, I think it's going to go back to the 18 offense and then you're going to get some added wrinkles in from there. I like Matt Nagy as a play caller. I think he's got a good scheme. I think he's going to be a good offensive coach when you look at it over you know, the, the life of his of his career. I think having a quarterback that can mentally handle the stuff in that offense is going to help him show some of that. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I think that makes all the sense in the world because I keep seeing a lot of the same things that you do. I know that scouting a coach is, uh, let's just say it's a little different than scouting a player because instead of looking for traits that are physical or that manifest themselves that way, you're looking for tendencies and other things that are a little bit harder to spot. But Matt Nagy certainly seems to have a lot of the same ingenuity that made Doug Peterson a Super Bowl winner. And now we can finally say that about Andy Reid too. So that's great. Thank, er, thank heavens Andy Reid finally won one. But that's... A sidebar. One question that I've got for you, though, when it comes Mm -hmm. to the situation that the Bears now find themselves in, and this is just a hot hot shot on the spot uh, question, the Bears just traded away their compensatory fourth round pick, which now gives them, and I wish I was kidding, two picks in the second round, and then nothing until the fifth, which they finally get another pick, two sixths, and I think two sevenths. When it comes to the way that they are managing their situation, not only their draft resources or their cap, is there any point at which you, as a fan of the Eagles, are saying, what are these guys doing over there? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, when you look at the ammo that they have to kind of improve that team and keep that defense or at least bring that defense back up to the level that it was back in in 2018, you go, I don't know how that happens. And Ryan Pace definitely should be held accountable, especially, especially if it doesn't work out this year with Foles, because like, ultimately I don't believe that, that Foles is going to be a plus starter, but I understand that there is a path to success there for him. If Foles does not work out, I mean, Ryan Pace has probably got to go because his track record with quarterbacks. And if, if, like I said earlier, if you don't have a quarterback, you don't have anything is so bad to the point where you're wasting so many different resources. And now you're spending some money on Foles. I know he's going to restructure. I haven't seen those numbers yet, but you're Neither doing all of yeah, so you're doing all of this stuff. You wasted a, a rookie contract window. Now you're paying money for the position. It only looks like your roster is progressively getting worse as you continue to dump draft picks and capital into the quarterback position, which you still haven't been able to get right. It's at the point now where it's not having faith in Ryan Pace. Is Ryan Pace has got to show that you can have faith in him. So I'm definitely scratching my head at a lot of this stuff, to be honest with you. I certainly think the same thing. I mean, it reminds me of the fact that Nick Foles, in my opinion, yeah, it'd be neat to say, yeah, the guy's going to come out and be a plus starter. But honestly, I feel like we're just looking for stability. We're looking for a player that's going to come out and not be the problem. 
I mean, yeah. N- Matt Nagy said it before the 2019 season, and of course, in that case, it was in reference to Mitchell Trubisky, but we're looking for a point guard, somebody who, like you're saying, is going to just huck the ball up to Allen Robinson and let a guy who played a really good season last yeah. year, all things considering, come down to the ball. Maybe Anthony Miller. Maybe another wide receiver in the second round, though let's be honest, pretty much everybody's mocking a wide receiver in the second round to every team because the class is so good. But yeah. to not take away from what WCG's uh, draft analysts, I will go back and say this. When it comes to the options that were available to the Bears, do you think that they got the right one? And do you think that they could have paid less for him or not? Totally speculate. Uh, yeah, I, I do a weekly uh, quarterback show that kind of looks about looks around quarterbacks across the league. The show was born out of my own humility because, you know, I, I am not a quarterback expert. I'll pretend like I'm one on Twitter and I'll argue yeah. like I'm one. And typically I won't say anything unless I'm, I'm pretty sure about something. But me and Mark Schofield, who does fantastic work here on the SB Nation yes, uh, podcast Absolutely. network. Yeah, it just works all over the place. Uh, Pat's pulpit, everything like that. Uh, we, we talk every week about these quarterbacks, and we had a bunch of different fits last week for these free agent quarterbacks. One of them was Teddy Brid- Bridgewater to the Carolina Panthers. I think that that made a ton of sense. The other one, I think I alluded to it already, was Marcus Mariota going to the Chicago Bears. We thought that was a really good fit. Uh, I thought it was a better fit. You know, just from a, a, a talent perspective, maybe getting a guy that's got a higher ceiling than a guy like Nick Foles. I know that sounds crazy. One's a Super Bowl MVP, one is not. But I think overall, when you look at what they can be consistently over the full life of the season, I, I have more faith that Marcus Mariota is going to be the plus starter than I would with Nick Foles. Ultimately, what you're looking for, and you kind of talked about this, was there, there's three different levels to a starter when we look at it in like scouting academy language or in scouting language. You're, you either like, either got a starter that you win because of, you've got a starter that you win with, or you've got a starter that you win in spite of. Mr. Trubisky is a starter that you win in spite of. I think the ceiling for a guy like Nick Foles is, is a starter that you win with. And I think the ceiling for Mar- Mariota as well, the absolute ceiling is a starter that you win with. That's a tick above Nick Foles when it comes to the consistency that you're going to get from the guy. And I know Mariota hasn't blown the doors down, and there's several different reasons for that. But I really thought this would be a system for him that would bring out the best of him compared to what they were doing in Tennessee, which fit a guy like Tannehill. And there's a reason that Tannehill succeeded there. It's weird that they had an offense built that was better for their backup. But maybe that's the situation in Chicago right now. Um, But yeah, I thought that Mariota was going to be the guy, and I thought it was going to be a good fit. The Nick Foles thing was kind of out of left field, and I think it reminded everybody a little bit too much of the whole Mike Glennon thing. Am I wrong on that? (laughs) No, you're not. I mean, I'll just come out and lay it plain. We're talking about a guy who kind of looks overpaid, and he's a little bit over 30, a little older than you'd expect. He's got a fairly thin head, and I mean, (laughs) when you look at, I mean, seriously, the physical... And the actual football style comparisons, it's like you're looking for somebody who's just not going to suck. And that's what we were looking for with Glennon. Oh, boy, we did not get it. And with Foles, you're looking for the same thing. I understand the the Mariota love. I know for me, and I'll just, I have to put this out there because I keep thinking about it. Maybe I'm just burned by what he is. But when you tell me, hey, let's sign a former number two overall pick that's still learning to process defenses because he's transitioning out of a system from a, a, a college organization that isn't known for producing great quarterbacks, this guy will be great. I go, oh my goodness, we just had one of those. <laughs> uh, so that's I fair. Get it. He totally yeah. could have worked, but I know that me, as well as a couple other Bears fans, all saw the similarities with Trubisky, and it's like, okay, you're getting Trubisky 1.0 if Trubisky's a 2.0 version. 
but I, I think that might be, and this might happen with Schofield too, because I know Schofield was was high on on Mariota coming out. Like we were both lower on Trubisky coming out. We were both higher on Mariota coming out. So maybe even though they've had like a similar career arc, maybe that's like our bias creeping into our evaluation, kind of like dovetailing back with what we were talking about earlier. You right. really love a draft prospect and you want to believe that he's more than he actually is. And that might be the case ultimately with Mariota. Who knows, man? Who knows? Hey, <laughs> the NFL can't get it right, you know? So I, the standards that you hold me to hopefully should be a little bit lower. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, hey, in the bright side, Mariota's going to Oakland. Or, yeah. well, it's Las Vegas now. I've got to get that in my head. I'm still... Yeah. Thanks, San Diego, uh, for crying out loud. But so Mariota goes to Las Vegas, and just as a sidebar, Bears fans, you get to listen to this. He is going to be working in that, I don't even know what you really call it, but it is a whole lot of short throws, and it fits what their car likes. So you would hope that it fits what Mariota's doing. And maybe maybe we'll only get to see him in the preseason. Maybe at some point Derek Carr will get hurt. I would never wish for that. But it very well could fit Mariota. And if it does, then all of your confirmations will be confirmed <laughs> and we'll get to see it. But at the end of the day, so Foles comes out of left field. Mariota made a lot more sense. But given that Mariota signed away and the Bears were left with, let's say, uh, Dalton, the mm. Foles, and Newton, do you think they made the right choice between that? I don't want to call him a big three. That doesn't feel fair. But whatever that is. Yeah, I mean, as, assuming clean medical with Cam Newton, I think you obviously have to go with Cam Newton. I That's have no idea. Weird. Yeah, I have no, no idea what's going on with that. I'm not a doctor, and I say that all the time about, you know, prospects coming out. What about his medicals? Well, you know, I'm not there to, like, check his knee out myself, so I have no idea, or his foot, or whatever the case may be. Cam Newton, obviously, is the most talented of the bunch, and he oh, would yeah. be the best pick if you had faith that he was going to be healthy and everything like that. There's also, you know, the, the matter of compensation for him. How much do you want to tie yourself to him? What kind of contract is he on? What kind of contract is he looking for? But just, just from a pure skill perspective, Cam Newton, uh, definitely. Um, and then it was Nick Foles, and then Andy Dalton, I have no trust in whatsoever. So I would say out of Nick Foles and Andy Dalton, that was the right choice. But I definitely would have gone with Cam. Makes sense to me. And especially given that there are reports that he yeah, may be released. It could have been something worth waiting for. You mm -hmm. have to wonder with the medical stuff, though, if there's one thing Ryan Pace and his squad have been able to get right. It's that I don't think they've lost on an injury bet yet. They bet yep. that Trevathan was going to come back well from injury. He did. They bet that uh, Cam Meredith wasn't. He did not. And mm -hmm. a couple of other different things here and there. Of course, we've got this bizarre coronavirus situation, which I do not mean to downplay. It's obviously serious, but I mean, everybody's working from home. The whole world's basically home and it's just strange and teams yeah. can't do their own physicals. So certainly and they're trying to outsource yeah. the physicals. But they, so they're trying to outsource a lot of those physicals. A lot of teams don't trust that, man. They want their own doctors in I there checking it. it out. Yeah. So it's weird. Another thing, speaking of, now I've heard this argument before, and I want to see whether you think that it's got any legs or not. Another thing that somebody mentioned about Nick Foles is because of the rise of the coronavirus, I hear that there's potential questioning of whether or not the NFL is going to get the same kind of training camp schedule that it would usually get. With that in mind, do you think that there's a chance that the Bears may get an added benefit that because of Foles' familiarity in the Eagles, Chiefs, now Bears system, that he's able to play a little bit easier than, say, a Newton type that would need to learn the playbook but couldn't necessarily get with his wide receivers and may not get the camp time that he would normally get due to the virus? 
Yeah, I was listening to Tampa Bay Radio Sports uh, Sports Radio this morning. Uh, I live in Tampa, and they were talking about Tom Brady and the Bucks, and you know, possibly training camp getting moved back or not really, you know, just being kind of like a, a small portion of things compared to what it usually is. And you know, Tom Brady having to learn the playbook, which they said that's not going to be the issue. Maybe the chemistry with the wide receivers, understanding the timing of it, and everything like that. That's probably going to be an issue. So I think the same thing with Tom Brady, with Nick Foles in this situation. You're not going to have a problem at all with him learning the playbook and being a professional. You are going to see maybe some some struggles early on in the season with the chemistry with the wide receivers. However, it is a better situation for those two than it would be for other quarterbacks learning an entirely new system. I think this language is going to translate really well for Nick Foles in this situation, which does give you an added benefit over a different uh, over a different quarterback that might have a harsher learning curve. Couldn't agree more, and thankfully, like you're talking about, if he does want to get some input on the offense, you can do that over the phone, in theory. Mm -hmm. So, last question I've got for you. In the world of Nick Foles, and let's assume he doesn't get injured, though you could talk about that if you wanted to, because I'll be the first to tell you, that is, without a doubt, my number one worry when it comes to Nick Foles. Mm. He just broke his collarbone. That That just never really bodes well for quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers is a lucky one to come back from that fairly well. We haven't really heard much from it since. When it comes to the Bears with Foles, assuming Foles is the starter, what's the ceiling? What's the floor? Hmm. You want to go? You want to do it with uh, maybe a record, uh, a, a win loss sure. record, win like loss that. record, and then how far in the playoffs? I guess, like, just all gut feel. Of course, nobody's going to hold you to this. I'm asking <laughs> you this on the spot. Yeah, I'll th- even this... stall for time a little bit if you need a second to think. Yeah, so it's it's pre-draft and it's pre-free agency is really wrapped up. So we don't really know. We don't, we don't really know what the season looks like. There's seven playoff teams, so I could say at the ceiling. That they would make the playoffs. I don't think they win the division. If he plays well and the defense is somewhere sniffing around top 10, which I don't think is unreasonable, then I, th- I think they can. Uh, well, geez, no, there's not 17 games this year, but let's say 10 and 6. I think the floor is like 6 and 10. Like uh, they, they may st- struggle and end up finding themselves in quarterback purgatory, which I think Bears fans know exactly what's that, what, what that's yeah. like over the year, which is why Trubisky gave them so much hope, which is part of this too. Um, oh, man. as far that's as, the as far like the optimism. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, 10 and six, six and 10, I think that's, that's the ceiling and the floor. I think they're, they're going to be a solid team. They're going to be a tough team to play. Um, I don't think their ceiling is real high. Maybe that gets better over the next couple of years if they get more stable quarterback play and they can start and they can stop dumping assets into that position that take away from other spots. Uh, but yeah, I don't see them as a real dynamic threat, but I do think they, they, uh, can make the playoffs and you never know if you're healthy and hot when you get into the playoffs, anything can happen. Yeah, absolutely. I guess I got one more question for you. So sorry, but I'll just spit one more at you. So if there's one worry that I guess I would have with Nick Foles, besides him getting hurt, it's that one of his bigger weaknesses, I guess, would be that he seems like he can throw pretty well. His his release basically means that he gets pressured later, technically, than other people. But like we've talked about, he struggles with pressure. The Bears offensive line, I don't think it was quite as bad as it certainly looked. I thought that the line plus Trubisky basically made things worse for each. But that doesn't mean that Foles suddenly steps into a great offensive line situation. If the Bears don't get tremendously better on offensive line, do you think it's going to affect Foles' game? Or do you think that, for instance, because I go back to Philadelphia where they just had such a phenomenal offensive line in front of him, that Foles' game is maybe unrelated to the offensive line play? With those those quick one-step drops and so on and so forth, how important do you think protection is to Foles' game? 
Yeah, they're going to have to protect falls by proxy of those zero and one step drops. They did a ton in Philly, even though they didn't necessarily need to. It just kind of fit his game. But yeah, when you look at the Chicago offensive line against the Philadelphia offensive line, at, at least of that that year, I think there is there is a big time difference because he is going to get he's he's going to get tested in that area. And that's where he really, really struggles. So if there's a, there's a reason that he fails, like a clear cut reason, and it's not necessarily an excuse, you know, you still got to be able to play in the fire you got to play under pressure and, and perform well in those areas. I just think Foles is worse in that area than a lot of other quarterbacks. So if he doesn't have the offensive line play, uh, he's definitely going to struggle. They're going to have to protect him. Like I said, with those RPOs, those quick game stuffs, and then taking those shots and hoping you win those contested catch situations and, and whatnot, and really use him mentally pre-snap, because otherwise, it's it's going to be a rough go. So I, I I don't think their work is done yet when it comes to helping him out. They really need to take a hard look at that offensive line and make some improvements, which, I mean, that's really hard to do, especially when you don't have a first-round pick because there's going to be about a bunch of tackles that come off, and then there's a serious drop-off. Hopefully, maybe one slides or whatever. Maybe you find a free agent. But even the free agents out there, it's so it's so bare. The cupboard is so bare along the offensive line that a guy like Halapuli Vatibaitai is getting five-year 50 mil. <laughs> As a, and he was a backup oh, yeah. swing tackle in Philadelphia. It's ridiculous, man. It's ridiculous. So it's hard to really build that up. And I think Chicago is is behind on uh, on giving Foles that kind of help. Couldn't agree more. At some point, you got to stop trading away first round picks. You cannot. Mm. I mean, considering where the Bears have come from and all the first round picks they gave up for Cutler to now all the first round picks they gave up for Mac. At some point, you got to wonder when you can draft in the first round, and then when you draft a Trubisky, it sets you back even further. But either way, thank you so much, Michael, for coming on. I I loved hearing what you've got to say, and I think you're going to be dead on with a whole lot of all that analysis. When it comes to your work in particular, what's something that you're proud of that you want to share about? Where can people find more of it? Yeah, man, uh, put in Bleeding Green Nation into any podcast app and it'll pop right up. And and it's not just Eagle shows. We have a whole uh, draft series. I already mentioned the quarterback, uh, the QB Scotia with Mark Schofield. We cover national topics. We also cover the Eagles pretty in-depth. We're doing a lot of draft work right now as well as we gear up for the NFL draft. So there's a ton of stuff. I think it's the the highest downloaded team brand podcast in the world. I can honestly like like be confident in saying that three million downloads over the last six months the thing is totally blown up um the bleeding green nation.com bunch of stories on there be, be doing a bunch of draft work uh follow me at michael kist nfl k-i-s-t on twitter as long as you can stomach some trubisky jokes i think you can by now <laughs> um and then also at bgn underscore radios where you see when the new shows are dropping on that feed thank you so much michael it was a pleasure having you on absolutely brother thank you and folks, that about wraps up the show I've got for you. Certainly, I also hope that Nick Foles can end up stabilizing the Bears quarterback position, but if I could be honest, with how much we don't know about what things are going to happen into the future, let alone if I mentioned the coronavirus, but also just the way things are going to shake out in the draft, in the rest of free agency, I'm fairly excited, cautiously optimistic, put me as, for the 2020 Chicago Bears. Do I think that they're going to be absolute world beaters? Well, I hope so. Let's just put it that way. But this defense with Robert Quinn looks like it could be a real positive, and if Nick Foles can just come in and stabilize the quarterback position, then the 2020 Bears won't be quite as dependent on Mitchell Trubisky's success as their 2019 version.
If you like what I have to say, feel free to go follow me on Twitter at Robert K. Schmitz. That's R-O-B-E-R-T-K-S-C-H-M-I-T-Z. And if you'd like NFL breakdown content, especially in the video format, find me over on YouTube at a channel of the same name. Certainly I'll be trying to put out a Robert Quinn breakdown here fairly soon, and I'm sure a Foles one is coming in the future. And I also want to dive into some quarterbacks all across the rest of the league, but hey, we'll get there. For now, Bears fans... Bear down, and thanks so much for bearing with me.